on tonight's show. We have Campus Outreach Ministry staff member, Kevin Bridge. And now for your host, Cool Park. Welcome, lady, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 97 of Kicking It With Cool Card. I am your host, Cool Card. We are back again. Yes, indeed. Listen, last week I had on Natasha Mosby. She is a clinical social worker slash therapist. We talked a lot about mental health and what everyone's going through out in this climate. Whatever, Whatever's happening to you, man. Like, I think, okay, it's not a thinking thing. Here's something that everyone needs to know. You can't put a negative connotation next to mental health. When you hear mental health, you think people have problems. No, we have physical health, we have mental health. You go, you should be going to get a, a checkup biannually every year for your physical health. So you should be doing the same for your mental health. It doesn't have to be biannually, biannually. it could be weekly, it could be whatever you want. But you also need to understand that it is affordable. All right, you can claim this on your insurance and pay a $40, $50, $75 copay. All right, a lot of people think that it takes a lot to go to see a therapist. It doesn't, it is affordable. Everybody, please hear me. You need therapy. All right, we all need therapy. We all got some things going on. So it's not a negative thing, it's a good thing. All right, it's promising. All right, without further ado, we're going to jump right into episode 97. Though, listen, we went from mental health therapy and all that now we're going to spirituality leading people to christ uh i won't say the gospel because it, it's it's just leading people to christ and, and getting them closer to god and knowing themselves and just having a, a a promising and christ fulfilling life all right purpose purpose driven life how about that all right but uh tonight i have on campus outreach ministry staff member kevin greer he's gonna join me we're gonna talk about this whole program that i never knew even existed, let alone I didn't know that it's on college campuses, right? So it's a whole thing, y'all. So we're going to dive in. We're going to find out what's going on with Generation Z, because if you're in college right now, you are Generation Z, and those are the people that they're targeting, young adults who are the future of our nation, uh, nation country, existence, and people need to be led to Christ or something, have some type of purpose, all right? But without further ado, let me bring him in. And we're going to get it going, y'all. Let's go. Kevin Greer, welcome him to the show. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Oh, man. I can't call it, but yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, it's good to have you. I've never had someone on to talk about religion and spirituality. And I don't even know if we're going to get into religion because I don't know if that's what you do. But we're definitely going to talk about spirituality, leading people to Christ. You're doing God's work out here. Uh, so it's a blessing for me to have you on here to share all this with oh, my yeah. viewers. 
For sure. For sure, man. Yeah, yeah. I, it's kind of funny story. I've watched plenty of your videos. Um, and I thought, I was like, well, maybe it's time. And then all of a sudden, we got to open the door. Yeah, for, for it, so. Oh, you knew it was coming. I got to take care of my oh, people. Yeah. Let's go, baby. <laughs> you know, I got to take care of my people. You already know, day one. Um, hey, listen, though, I do start my show off with a prayer. So I know you're not against okay. that. I got to ask people most times, are you okay with me praying? Because some people aren't. But I know you're cool with it. So we're going to pray real quick, and then we're going to dive right in, all right? All right. Cool. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this moment, for this time. We thank you for Kevin being able to join us tonight, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and just shed your light on us, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for giving us life, giving us breath, giving us food to eat, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, clothing and, and, a, and a roof over our head, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We thank you for waking us up this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, friendships, family members, friends, loved ones, just love in general, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. We just thank you. We give you all the glory, all the victory, all the praise. And all the all the love, honey, Father Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So listen, Campus Outreach Ministry. I never heard of it. Never heard of it until you got involved. And I want to know more. And I'm pretty sure other people that will hear about it will want to know more. But what I want to start this this uh, this interview off with is your testimony. I want to hear yeah. your testimony because I know your story. I know you came from playing football, youth football, all the way up to college. You played in college. You're successful in college. You know, I was hoping that you were going to go to the NFL or, want, or have a desire to go to the NFL, right? That wasn't right. your calling. You knew you knew better than me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. give your testimony on how it kind of, you know, where you came from and how you got into what you're doing now. Because most people, yeah. you know, they would have a desire to want to go and play sports and whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. This morning, I actually met with uh, my pastor um, from my home, from the church down here in Hattiesburg, and some of the other people from the church, and we were sharing our stories. Mm -hmm. So, kind of like I, I have, I have an idea of, of how I'm gonna share it. So, okay. So I'm gonna try to keep, I'm gonna try to like keep it, I'm gonna try to keep it in between a minute or so, because I feel like I can go on and on. Okay. But uh, so yeah, you you know me, man. I I was raised in Los Angeles. Uh, for half of my life, I grew up playing football. Uh, my biggest thing was I found my identity in football. Okay. I, I worshipped football. Football was like my God. Like, if you was to put something on the throne, just picture a football. Yeah. So, football is my God. Um, bled, slept, ate. That's that's the way I survived. I thought it was my savior. Um, so, yeah. And then, so, when I moved out to Georgia... Um, when I, when I was interacting with like some of the, like even your son, Dion and, um, growing up and having friendships. And, hey man, you dating you know, me over here. You dating me over here. You can't be dating. Nah, I'm just playing with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, so, I mean, just, just like having that, like that connection, man, with a lot of different people through football, I, my identity was through that sport. Yeah. Um, so, um, when I got to high school, I had this like high expectation of like, Man, this is this is what I thrive for. I have a lot of goals, and this is what I have. This is what I really want out of my life. And long story short, I lost my starting position um, my sophomore year in high school. I got beat out, and then I started questioning my identity, my purpose. Like, who who am I? Like, um, why why am I on this earth? Right. And and um, for the first time, a chaplain on the football team. And his name's Coach Munoz, Javier Munoz, and he was my coach slash my chaplain. 
And he invited me and six other guys on the football team over to his house for Bible study. Um, and it just, after a couple of weeks, it just became clear, like the message, like if, we, if you were to sum up the entire message of, of the Bible, like the gospel, like it would be, I, I, run, I would run it down. If I was to tell somebody on the college campus right now, it's that we, we are broken, we are empty, we are always searching for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we search for it in different ways and we have different ways that we cope with it. Um, but God seems like he, pursue, he pursues us with his love and the truth. And the truth is, is that he's given his son and to die a death that, that was never deserved. And he rose from the dead. And even in that, um, as we believe in that, we, our old selves die and we are made new in, in Christ. And I felt that when I accepted Jesus in my heart, um, my sophomore year of high, uh, of high school. Okay. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a specific, I don't think it was a specific moment, a specific time. I just remember praying um, personally. I didn't go to a church mm-hmm. to do it. I just prayed it personally, like Jesus encountered me. And I gave my life over to Jesus. And since then, now uh, I have a passion. I caught a vision um, in college. Okay. I didn't hear about campus outreach at all either until I went to college. Okay. Campus outreach is at a lot of colleges across the U.S. and across other nations. Wow. So, um, yeah, so long story short, me, I met a guy named Josh Tolman uh, at Barry College. So I, I, I graduated from Barry College, you know. Um, play, play, I was a college football player, high, high academic, first four-time all-conference, one-time All-American. Um, but the Lord seemed like he, he wanted to direct me into having a, going to the college campus to raise up godly men and women okay. for, for the lost world. Like this, The college campus is the top 1% of the entire world. You have people on the college campus, doctors are going to be doctors are going to be lawyers, entrepreneurs. Yep. The next generation. Like what you said, Gen Z, they're the next generation. And I have a passion to raise up this next generation to go out to the lost world. So that's kind of like a summary of my of my testimony. So so when you were playing ball, there was never any desire. When you were in college playing ball, there was never any desire to try to take it to the next level to go to the NFL. You already knew that that wasn't for you. Uh, I think after my, my freshman year, I had a desire to, I had, I think I had that like pushing desire to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my sophomore year, that's when I had an encounter with God and I just, um, at, at a New Year's conference and I had this vision of my purpose and my purpose was to um, share the gospel with my teammates on, on, the, on the team and uh, pray for them and and just do life with them. Just have fun in college. It's time to have fun and yeah. chill. And um, yeah, man, I, I just it, it it was there, but it just somehow just slowly went away. And I just noticed that over time too. It's hard to take care of your body um, over time. You you're doing a lot with football, with school, um, even just your spiritual life. So all of that in one. Right. So yeah. let me ask you this, because. And this is my assessment. I feel like um, the millennial generation, I feel like a lot of them got away from religion. And then me personally, I don't do the religion thing. I grew up Baptist, all that, so I get it. 
understand it, but I'm spiritual. You know, I choose, I don't even go to church anymore. The only reason I, I tell people this all the time, only reason I will go back to church is for my children. I want them to get a foundation and then they can decide if they want to be a part of the institution or just be spiritual and, and, and have a, a good solid relationship with God. I have a great solid relationship with God, pray every day, all day, you know, not for a purpose, you know what I'm saying? Not because I want something, I get it, you know? So my relationship is strong, all that. Um, but I feel like millennials, the millennial generation got away from even spirituality and it's like, they want to do it themselves. And I feel like that's where the world really shifted. And I'm not saying like, I'm not looking down on millennials or anything like that. This is just my assessment. I feel like the world took a, a huge shift because everybody in that generation, I ain't gonna say everybody in that generation, but a lot of, a lot of people in that generation kind of got the idea of like, I'm in control of me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm in control. And there was no, there was no God in a lot of things. And, and you could see, you could see the, the results from that and what was happening in society and how society shifted and just how society has gotten crazier and just ridiculous, honestly. And I feel that there's a lack of God in a lot of the equations that God needs to be in and in, in a lot of decisions, you know what I'm saying? And all this whole, and we just talked about mental health. Like it's it's like ravaging right now, right? All this mental health, everybody's weak-minded, everybody's you know they're sensitive because they don't have any foundation. They don't even know who they are. That's this is this is just my assessment. I'm not you know what I mean. Yeah. This is my assessment. I feel like they don't really know who they are, and they don't know Christ. They don't know God. And I don't get on here, and I don't preach or anything like that. I don't really talk about religion on here, you know. But this is my assessment of how the world has turned. I feel like yeah, yeah. It, it got lost. Christ really got lost in, in yeah. the millennial generation. And I just think we really need to get back there, somehow kind of reel them back in and get them back there because it's a lot of a lot of families raising children who know nothing about God because it's just not sought after. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's crazy that you say that because um, we live in a postmodern era. And what that basically means is, is that we... We live in a society where spirituality is actually starting to like decay, mm-hmm. like over time. Yeah. Um, and we have this. It's great. I have the Generation Z. Um, so I'm a, I'm technically a millennial. Yeah. Um, right now I'm a millennial, but the Generation Z, um, from what I've been seeing, is that they've been through a lot of different events that's been going on. They've been through a lot. The yeah. COVID. They've been through COVID. Um, a lot of the polarization of the presidents. Yep. Um, and the list, the list can go mass on and on and on. All and types on. of stuff that, right. that mass shootings and, and it's like a norm. Yeah. It's like normal right now. Like yeah. this is the norm for these kids. They, yeah. I, you know what I mean? They've never not lived without it. You know, at an age where they can really understand what's going on. Right. Right. So, and, and then too is that um, when when you don't have. The thing is, is I've, what I've, I've actually talked to a couple of students this week, and the, there was a there was there was a theme between from what I've talked to them about, and it, and it goes like this: Kevin, for some reason, I can't I can't sit still, I can't be alone. I have a lot of thoughts running through my mind, and the way I cope with it, I go to my friends and I and I try to ignore my thoughts. Oh my god! I, I can't. I can't sit still. I can't be. I, I can't really understand. And that's that's just 
that it has to deal with a lot of anxiety. Um, that has to deal with a lot of probably figuring out future plans and uh-huh. who I am, which is normal as a college student. You're trying to figure out you're on your own. You left your parents' household. Right. Um, but from what from the, what I've got ca- caught on um, from the Generation Z, too, is that since they have a lot of mental health issues going on, they're trying to figure out who they are. And the way, even including myself, I'm not going to bash the Gen Z or anything. Yeah. The way we search of who we are is through Instagram, um, through Facebook, yes. Uh, um, yes. Through through social media, through yes. through our friends, through relationships, um, and 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 all that stuff can be circumstantial. Yes. And and there's and, and when it when it fails you, you you keep going to it over and over and over again. Over and over. And, and a lot of identity issues of of uh, I mean I don't want to call out the uh, LGBTQ community or any of like the other communities that's going on, but from what I've caught on is that people in this gener in my generation and and Gen Z generation, they have a big identity crisis mm-hmm. in their heart. Yeah, and sure. we all want to fit in. We all, the end of the day, at the end of the day, we all want to be known and loved by someone or something. And we're we're looking we're looking like horizontally so much, but we need to figure out like how can I like look vertically? Like how what is the fine line of what what is what does God have to say about me? Yeah. But then again, it goes back to living in this society where people. People don't acknowledge, like we don't acknowledge God. We don't, yeah. we don't acknowledge for who He is. So, yeah, yeah, people will look for answers on Instagram before they'll just get on their knees and pray to God. Yeah, but see, that's the thing—they don't even know God to do that. But, uh, but, but it takes people like you to show them God and teach them, like, hey, this, this is who God is, and He'll take you as you are. You can get, you can get down oh. right now. You don't have to get down. You can just close your eyes and pray. You ain't got to close your eyes. Just start praying. You know what I'm saying? They don't know that. As simple as that is, as simple as, simple as that is, they do not know that. And then I'm yeah. telling, and I know that, you know, with the work that you're doing, I know you've seen like, like miracles happen right in front of your face where somebody just starts praying for the first time and it's like, oh my God, their whole life changes. And it's just that simple, but they don't know that because they've never been taught that because it's been lost. Yeah. It's been lost, man. So keep doing what you're doing because it's necessary, definitely. Oh, appreciate sure. yeah. Generation and Generation Z, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm older. I'm a lot older than you guys. So I see it because I know where I came from and I know the values and, and the morals and all that stuff that was instilled in me and me going to church and seeing my mother go to church all week long. You know what I'm saying? It just, it was just different. It was a different upbringing. And that's not to say that their parents didn't raise them right. That's just to say that there's so much influence now than what we had that that can just steer us in the wrong direction because you got all these kids trying to live up to what they're seeing on social media and that's killing their self-esteem. That's killing their their identity. They have no idea who they are. They think they want to be that that's on that screen. And then a lot of the stuff that's on that screen is not easily obtainable. So now they're depressed. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a lot. It's sad, man. We live in we live in a broken world, and yeah. and what what the thing is, I I remember um, just even last year when all of the uh, like the police brutality stuff was fleshing out, and yeah. um, the protest, and 
I've, I've noticed from what I've noticed is that the enemy is is I picture the enemy man on, on the at, at the in the back porch with a cigar in his mouth with his feet, <laughs> with his feet kicked up. Yep. He's just enjoying the show. Yeah, he's just enjoying the show, man. Yeah, it's um, almost like he planted a seed, and we're doing the work for him, though. You know, yeah. it, it's crazy out here, man. But definitely, definitely, what you're doing is a blessing. I'm happy to even know that it's happening. You know, because like I said, I had no idea. I had no idea that you guys were implanted in these campuses. Because when I, you know, when you first brought it to me, and I was talking to you, and you're like, "Well, I'm going to USM." And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, do you guys just go on missions and you go and you talk to them and then you leave? And you're like, no, we're there. I'm, I'm there at USM. And I'm like, okay. But yeah. never heard of it. That wasn't around when I was in college, you know? So yeah. how is that received on campus? Like, you guys, you guys are part of campus life? Is that how that goes? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, main, the main priority of our job of campus outreach is this it's this slogan that we use it says um we are on the campus to raise up laborers for the lost world wow. um, um that's the main slogan so when, when we do go to campus we do we have a lot of different events okay. for students to come to uh we we are ingrained in, in fraternities and sororities uh, i do i do a lot with the track and field team at southern miss um, I meet up with students one-on-one for lunch, um, and uh, we have conversations about their faith, about life. Uh, as I, I'm going to be honest, a lot of these students, man, they, they just don't have the opportunity to have majority of the guys that I, I do life with on the campus with these students. They don't have father figures. Mm, um, they gotcha. grew up in broken homes, okay. um, and I'm the closest to, to being an older brother to them. Yeah. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, it, I, I, we go to campus, we hang out with college students. Uh, we're, we're actually going to have a big event coming up where we invite a bunch of college students to come to it. And we have one speaker um, talking about the gospel, just talking about the message. Okay. And we are going to have surveys for them to fill out if they want to join different small groups, um, if they want to join different Bible studies, and even if they want to... Even if they don't want to do any of those things, if they want to get lunch, they want to get coffee, yeah. and we just have a conversation yeah. um, about what they're going through, and it's been it's been really great. Um, I mean, what that looks like for me as a staff member on a day to day basis is that I we we normally have a staff meeting at the beginning of the week. Uh, I schedule out my time to spend time as much time with the track and field team, going to their practices, being around, hanging out. Um, meeting up with meeting up with a few of them on a one throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, have getting in the word with each other. Okay, uh, and just just some other guys that I built relationships with on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in my heart, I have a desire to to raise up black men, um, godly black men. Just yeah. because there's not enough in the household. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, there, we, there's a lot of brokenness in in the black community when it comes to black men. From from society telling us that the typical black man, what do you hear about him? He's either what selling drugs, having a couple of baby mamas. Yep. Um, I mean, that's just the truth, man. We all know, like black men, we all know. Yeah. And and I want to. The only way we can change that, the reason why that happens, is because it's sin. At the end of the day, it's sin. It's sin what causes those problems. 
only only the gospel, man. The gospel can change hearts and really transform. And the kingdom of God will come through these men. Yeah. And I I even have a, a God, man. He he has a passion to to be a teacher, to be that father figure for these students to go back into the urban black communities, um, to be a to be a father figure through the, as a teacher. Wow. Because we don't have enough, we don't even have enough black male teachers, and he's willing to take that step. So, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's kind of like the rundown of like what I do. I'm, I'm not just here by myself either. Yeah, you got a team um, out there, right? You said what? You have a team out there, correct? Yeah, I have a team. So each campus has a team, and I I, I work with three other guys. Okay. Uh, we we uh we come together the staff team and we find different ways on how can we establish this ministry? How can we keep the kingdom? And it's not even about, it's not even about the ministry. It's about the kingdom. Yeah. How can God use us to, to bring the kingdom to this campus? And he, he has slowly, slowly, but surely, slowly, but surely. So I, I, so what I'm hearing is, is it's more of an informal and casual approach to, to reach people, right? Because if you, if you come to them and say, Hey, come to our church service, a lot of people have a stigmatism about church. You know, they look down on church and they don't want to go to church and the things they've heard about church. So you might run them off. So you guys are like being casual, informal, being around, being present, going to these track, uh, you know, um, practices. And it's just like, you're one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's, all, it's all built through our relationships with these guys. Yeah. Um, Cause they, well, I mean, when we do tell them that we we do work for a campus ministry, yeah. Um, but we we start building like relationships with guys and girls, and because um, they they don't they have people's Christian worldview is is so messed up mm-hmm. um, through from what our society is just explaining of what the Bible is about, what Christianity is about in general. So um, we just, I mean, we approach it, man, and G- Jesus. He ate with sinners. Yeah. He sure. ate with the tax collectors. He was in he was in the trenches. Right. And we want to be a part of that too. We want to be in the trenches and a part of people's lives. Because that's what matters too. Yeah, definitely, man. You're doing the you're doing the work. So it's man, listen. You're definitely doing the work. I wanna know, I wanna double back real quick. So when you when you decided that you wanted to go this route, how was it received by your peers? Not that it even matters, but I'm just curious. How was it received? Did you have explaining to do? Did, did it not matter to you? And you said, hey, it is what it is. You guys can accept me for who I am. Or did you, you know, did you feel like you owed them an explanation? How, how did that work for you? Man, by the grace of God, I've actually had a great support system, um, which made it way easier. I mean, when I was in college, uh, faith was a big, it started to become a big thing for me. Okay. And my parents started to notice it. Um, youngest brother started to notice it. Uh, I, I remember just even at the school at Barry, I got it. I got invited to to preach at different things, at different events. Really? Yeah. Like, wow. Did you do it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I did it. I did it on campus. I did it a couple of times. And, That's cool. Like God is opening doors, and one of the the things that I mean, I've I've had. A part of my story too in college, um, I've had a great brotherhood. Guys, Nate Phipps, um, Nick McGee, 
uh, Darrell Mims, Justin Bucket. The list can go on and on and on. I was just surrounded around a group of brothers who had the same mindset, the same attitude of what we wanted out of life. And that yeah. is to follow Jesus. That is to to be godly men, to be godly fathers and, and, and husbands. Yeah. Um, we all, we, we was all on the same mission. And my parents were, they were on board completely. That's um, so it, it just made everything easier. Um, and with my job, I have to raise financial support uh, and God provided through financial support. So, I mean, God, God is real, man. He, he was there for me the whole way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen, hey, listen, I've seen your, I've seen your journey, man. So I know, I know, I know I don't know everything, but yeah, God, God had his hand on you, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful that you're doing positive things and you're reaching out and you're changing lives. Like that's, that's amazing for real. I want to, um, I want to jump into a video real quick, just to kind of give people, you know, get a little insight, hear people uh, okay. testimony about what you do. All right. We're going to jump in and we'll be right back. Check it out, y'all. It's an amazing feeling to see um, college students come into one place to glorify one God. He's really just used the people that I've surrounded myself with, that he's put in my life, to show me um, a different kind of love and to show me that Christianity, like Jesus, isn't just a concept or a a belief or a rule. Jesus is a person who I thirst to have a relationship with and who I'm able to have a relationship with for the rest of my life. I didn't really feel like I had a purpose and I felt kind of lost. Um, through campus outreach and CO and everything and all the events that I've been to, uh, I really found more of a calling and I've realized uh, how much I want to um, have Christ in my life and how I want to impact others as well. The way that CO has impacted my life is it gave me a really incredible way and a really it challenged me in a lot of ways to live out my life as a Christian on campus. And then coming to New Year's conference um, I remember the first talk Jason Cook was giving a speech about satisfaction how we find satisfaction in so many different things and I realized that's what I was doing just by partying drinking and drugs and women and whatnot and so like, that's when I realized I didn't have a relationship with Christ, but that's what my heart has been longing for. But I was finding it in just so many different things, and none of that fully satisfied me. So that's when I was like, okay, I really want to have this. I want to have a relationship with Christ. Um, through New Year's Conference, I've been three years, and every year it's just more about the Lord's faithfulness. Um, I'm in a sorority, and every year more of my sisters come with me, and every year I see more people come to Christ. A day group is like that small, intimate, authentic, genuine friendship you have with people that I think will last for a lifetime. Um, I'm able to just go there and just confess my sins. I'm able to go there to get people to like, kind of like bring me up when I'm feeling torn down, when I'm feeling like I don't want to do life anymore. I get men who just really love God and they just like ultimately point me to the gospel and to Christ. Through a day group, you get to learn, you're held accountable. And you also go more in the purpose of like your role, and that's to be a disciple who makes disciples. Through it all, like I am reminded of my identity in Christ, and um, pushed to hold myself to a higher standard and give myself grace in areas, um, and just have girls to walk through life with. Yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Are you? Um... Are you going to stay at USM or do they kind of shuffle you guys around different campuses? How does that work? 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, right now, um, we, I've been on a, I've been, we, we technically, you can make a commitment mm -hmm. to stay on the campus. Um, but right now I've decided to stay on, just to stay on campus for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I can make that decision on when I can leave, um, or when, yeah, when I can leave and make that decision, yes, yeah, to leave USM. So okay. uh, it's just a normal job. Um, but people, the thing is with campus ministry, you want to stay in here for the long haul just because we build relationships over time. Yeah, right. you wanna, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to get a breakthrough, make a breakthrough with people. You're changing their lives and then you just dip out on them. And, and they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Now, what about, I saw that you guys had went to like, what, Brazil and all that type of stuff, right? What are those, yeah. what are those trips about? So that, that was a cross-cultural project. Um, I went to Brazil the, the summer of 2019 for about a month and a half. Okay. And we, we spent a lot of time with just the students. Um, it, it was during that time where it's campus staff. So there is campus outreach staff mm -hmm. full time. who actually work on the college campus okay. at, in Brazil. And what we basically did, we went to campus. We were hanging out with students. Um, they knew why we were there. Uh, we invited them to different events that the campus staff were having. We went to houses. Uh, we were having deep conversations with them about the gospel. And their culture in Brazil was just a lot different um, than what the U.S. had, man. And and what I mean by the huge difference is that there are, there are a lot of, uh, a, they value a lot of time with family and friends. Mm, okay. Uh, just a prime example, I remember uh, we, we threw a party. Uh, like a kind of like a game party for the students at our house mm -hmm. and when we hear party here in the U.S. we stay only at the party maybe until one some people leave and they'll never come back mm -hmm. but when you say party in Brazil they will stay there the entire night and they will sleep over at oh, the house wow yes all-nighter it would be an all-nighter so they wow. value friends and family more than um, the United States people do. Yeah, I can so. say that about Europe too. Like, you yeah, know, they they just value their time, man, with family and and friends and just enjoying life. You know, it's not all about you know cracking the whip to make a dollar. Right. And out there, they have the siestas. They'll take like what a three, four hour break, lunch, something like that. Yeah, they take like a two hour break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. It seems like to be more effective too. Oh, it definitely is. Job, yeah. Listen, I bet if we practiced that, it wouldn't be all this mental health talk. People would have a better quality of life. Oh yeah, a better quality of life, man. You know, you, you know, you work so much out here, you don't really even spend a lot of time with your kids. You know what I mean? No. You got other people raising your kids because you're at work, and then God forbid you got to work overtime. It's, yeah. it's a mess, man. And that's why I think. That's why a lot of people are on this whole entrepreneurial wave thing too. It's like, I gotta free up my time. Like it's not yeah. worth it. You know, in the bigger scheme of things, it's not worth it. Yeah, the money could be good, but it's just not worth it, man. It, it's yeah. really not, you know? So that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got trivia for you. I got some trivia for you, man. I wanna see. All right, bring it. Well, yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta bring this on for you, man. See how good you are. Um, before we get out of here, I'm going to throw this at you. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. I got a couple questions. It says, when Samuel picked David as king, God reminded us that while people look at the outward appearance, what does God look at? The 
hard. Right on, right on, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two. What is the last book of the Old Testament? Is it Samuel, okay. Matthew, Zephaniah, or Malachi? Oh, Malachi. There you go. You had to jog your memory, race, right? I'm man. I'm yawning. <laughs> all right, all right. Two for two. How many times did God call out to young Samuel in the night as he was lying down in the house of the Lord? Was it four times, three times, once, or 20 times? Oh. I think it's one, one time? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was four times. Four times. Yeah. All right, you ready for this next one? Yeah. All right, so what's your two for... Your two, yeah, yeah, okay, got you got two out of three. All right, after Jesus was baptized, God said, this is my son, whom I... Is it... Huh? And well pleased. Hold on now, hold on. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna give you some, I'm gonna give you some options. (laughs) Whom I love, whom I will bless, whom I cherish or whom I have sent. Whom I love. There you go. See, you just had to hold off for the for the multiple choice. <laughs> oh, I got a little jump. <laughs> All right. What instrument did David play? Oh, you give me no options. No, nah, I give you no options on this one. Oh man. Uh... Was it the good? I'll give you options. Was it the guitar? Was it the violin? Was it the piano? Or was it the harp? It was the harp. The harp. There you go. All right. Finish this verse from 1 Thessalonians. Pray without season. There you go. <laughs> All right, that boy's on his thing. Look at him. <laughs> Yes, sir. The real deal. You in that book, boy. I see you. <laughs> yes, sir. Devil out, devil out here eating people, man. Huh? The devil out here eating people. I know, brother. We need you. We need you, man. Hey, listen. Say some prayers for your boy. Say some prayers for everybody, your family, man. It's great. It's wonderful to see you doing what you're doing. Like, for all jokes aside, proud of you. Proud of the man that you've grown into be. For real, like you seen it all, man. You seen it I all. I know, I know. From wearing tight, skin tight jeans, jerking <laughs> and riding skateboard, <laughs> skateboards. <laughs> oh my god! And jerk. What I mean by jerking, y'all, is the dance. It's, yeah, it's the LA dance, West Coast <laughs> dance. All right, jerking. All right, it was a, it was a thing back in the day. These boys was out there getting it. But yeah, man. Yeah, you come a long way, and I, I'm proud of you for real. I hope your brothers follow in your footsteps, man, and they can be, you know, change agents too, man. Agents of change. Yeah. But whatever they be, I know they're going to be great too. They got a brother to look up to that's doing some wonderful things. I know your parents are great people too. So, yeah, man. Kudos to you, my brother. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate this opportunity. Ah, no doubt. No doubt. Wanted to uh, shed some light on what you're doing out there, man. It's wonderful. And and people need to know about this. They need to know about this. Do you know how many uh, campuses that you guys are implanted in? So in our region, the Campus Irish Birmingham region, we're implanted at uh, 10 right now, but we're actually going to uh, 11. We're going to Mississippi State uh, next year. 
So. Okay. And you guys have regional offices? Because I know you said yeah. you're all over the world. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So our, our, our regional office is at Broadwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 So, give us. Do you do you know the website? Give us the website. Yes. Yeah, so CLBirmingham.org. Okay. Make sure y'all go to my page. Click that donate button. There you go. Donate <laughs> so the brother can continue making the change out here. <laughs> but yeah, listen. I'm gonna ride out. I'm gonna let this ride out to some more testimonies from some of the people that you guys are doing magnificent things with. Uh, brother, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasantry. A pleasantry, man, for having you on here. You know, spreading this knowledge and this word for real. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He doesn't have a, an Instagram, y'all. Y'all can catch him on Facebook at facebook.com, Kevin.Greer number two. Y'all want to catch up with him. And then also, I'm pretty sure, uh, what is it, CO for the Facebook for um, Campus Outreach? Oh, yeah, CO underscore USM. Yeah, and I'll have all of that in the description as well. So if you guys want to check them out, donate, click that donate. Go to Kevin's page, click that donate. All right, see it through. All right, man. Well, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning in. You know, we're here every Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You never know who I might have. Y'all go check out Kevin on Facebook. Check me out on Instagram. Follow him. Subscribe to me. Follow me on Instagram. We're here. We're coming back, y'all. Peace and love. We thank y'all for tuning in. We out. For the first time I realized I've just been trying to be a good person. I've just been trying to like earn my place with God. And for the first time I realized, man, God loves me so much. I don't need to do anything. For the first time I realized if I die today, like I was assured I was going to heaven. And that was like my exposure to uh, Summer Beach Project. But I didn't really understand what it meant to be a Christian until this beach project. And I surrendered my life to Christ. Um, which was ultimately the best decision I've ever made. Where do I stand, even biblically, as a woman? Um, and just how to walk in that confidently with knowing I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. Before I was in Camps Outreach, I didn't really have an understanding of where I was headed. I didn't really know um, where I wanted to be. And now that I'm in Camps Outreach and I'm a part of just a big family of people, um, I feel like he's embraced me um, and he's showing me that I meant to do so much more. They just practically are teaching how leadership and your walk should be outside of college. It's not just obviously a college thing. It's not just a CEO thing, a community thing. This is your walk. This is ministry the Lord has called you to in general. I want to have kids one day. I want to be a husband. And that takes leadership. And CEO teaches you how to not only be like a leader for Christ, but be a leader for just yourself. Really, I've just learned how to um, read the Bible, um, study the Bible, and evangelize. Um, and mostly that just results into me um, wanting to make disciples. Um, and really, Campus Outreach has just shown me so much, and um, it's just been a good example of how to do that. CO is not like any other community. like. They just make sure you're equipped in every part of your life. Like, even the tiniest little things that you're struggling with, they're trying to be there for you. They're trying to make sure that you are ready for, like, the next step in your life. They even, like, make sure, like, you're founded on a firm foundation before they allow you to go any further because they want to make sure you're fully equipped.